Hi, I'm Sean. I'm Liv. And welcome back to Case Closed. Question mark? Once again, we are back here talking about the Adnan Syed case. And without a doubt, you hear our dog huffing over yeah. my barbecue that I'm trying yes. to eat silently. Um, Liv is uh, currently eating some barbecue while we're recording, and uh, Flynn is uh, just breathing heavily, so I'm sorry if in the background you just hear random, uh, food noises and random ASMR breathing in the background. <laughs> that's our dog. Um, so that's just a quick Or me up. just inhaling it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, so, um, first of all, I want to thank everybody who listened to the first part of this episode. Um, as of recording right now, we are at 36 views. We're so excited. Like, like, honestly, and then we were even more excited because we looked at the analytics and it showed that One of you weirdos are in Australia. Yes. We were so excited about that. I mean, I was at work today and I sent her a screenshot and I'm like, Oh my god, we have somebody from Australia. Which is really cool because the case that we're going to be covering next week is about Phoebe Hanschuk. And I think most Australians know about this case. Spoiler alert, that's our next episode. Um, which well, we that did one, it last episode. Did we? Yeah. Can't even remember. Um, so the... <laughs> oh, I know. It's great. I'm an old man. What do you expect? I forget things easily. Very easily. Um, so, uh, and most likely, you know, we'll... We'll have another two-parter oh, yeah. for that one. Without a doubt, that one's going to be That one is another a doozy. So wonderful. Uh, Liv is more of the expert on that one, and I'm the more of the expert on this one because of all the years of, you know, yeah. listening about this case, and she knows a lot more about that one, so. We're kind of passing off back and forth. Like, Adnan is your case, and yeah. I'll do Phoebe, and then you've got another one. Right. That, you know, we're just we're going back and forth, so. Right. That's the different... plan here, you know? Try to find cases that we both want to do yeah. so that we can equally be talking and it's not just me. I feel like I talk over you, though, and I don't mean to. Oh, um, no. You should talk over me because 90% of the time I'm just uh, randomly talking or saying um a thousand times. So, uh, yeah. I'm just picking on you. Yeah. I only edited about 20 minutes of it out. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. You know, I sat there and uh, I was watching her edit because I have no idea how to do that. And... Um, 99.9% of the things that she had to edit out were my ums mm -hmm. and my awkward pauses. Uh, so be but prepared. Yeah, they were funny. I apologize in advance if any uh, ums ended up in there. And uh, I'm sorry for saying fault. that's interesting about every other word. Yeah, well, um, I mean, because there was a lot of interesting things we talked about. <laughs> I'm going to work on that, guys. So um, there we go. I just said another one. Uh, <laughs> you'll probably edit it out and we'll be all confused. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let's get back to the case. We're yes. going to give you guys a little bit of a refresher, talk about the things that we talked about really quickly so that we can get into the other stuff that we have and hopefully kind of just tie it all up in a nice little bow yes. at the end there with our theory. Um, we'll do our best because we don't want to get sued. Um, yeah, it's just a theory. It's a theory. I want to put that out and, there right now. Yeah, and when we get to it, I'll reiterate that we're not the only ones. Red, yes. There's a Reddit thread exactly. if you'd like to find it, but we came up with it on our own. He mostly came up with it, and I yes. just interjected because we'll, we'll, I like we'll, to put we'll, we'll into it. Um, so, but we, I want to say that now, and then we'll say it again. 
Yes. Everything that we are saying is a theory. Is a theory at the end of this episode. Even if I believe it's true. Right. So <laughs> to recap. So Heyman Lee went missing on January 13th, 1999. She was found um, just about a month later on February 9th, 1999 in Baltimore's Leakin Park. After that, we had on February 12th, the police received an anonymous call and the caller was labeled an Asian male and the caller claimed that they needed to look at the ex-boyfriend and that her and Anon used to go to Leakin Park and hook up. So that was on February 12th. And then the police go through their interviews. And then on February 28th, Anon was arrested in his home and he was uh, charged with first degree murder as an adult. As you remember, they messed up his date of birth. At the time, they labeled it as a year earlier, so he was considered an adult. Uh, that would be later fixed uh, before trial, and they would then process him as a teenager. Then we have the first trial in December of 1999. That was the one that ended in a mistrial when the uh, attorney for Adnan, Christina Gutierrez, was... Uh, called out for saying that she hadn't seen a piece of evidence and a juror heard the judge basically call Gutierrez a liar and asked if she would be taken off the case. And that was the case where they did a little bit of polling at the end of the case and found that for the most part, it looked like jurors were on their way to basically acquitting a non of a first degree murder. One of the interesting facts I remember I meant to mention this, uh, I don't think I did, in the first episode was the biggest issue with that polling was, though, at the time, the state hadn't presented their um, their findings on the cell towers, which we'll talk about um, today. They, had, they didn't have the, uh, the expert for cell towers go up, and there was a couple other key witnesses that they hadn't actually got on the stand yet before the mistrial happened. So it, it's safe it's probably safe to say that it might have been a little more different of a polling if they had actually gotten that far into the, uh, the trial. So on February 25th, 2000, is when Anon in the second trial was sentenced to life in prison plus 30. So that right there is basically, well, that brings us up to where we talked about everything. Um, I know we very briefly started kind of mentioning about appeals and things like that that he had along his trial. But those right now, we'll probably get to those a little later in the episode. But the biggest thing that we want to start out by talking about is the cell phone evidence. Well, yeah, and let's... I think we mentioned, too, in the first episode about Jen and Jay and how they were both interviewed. One thing that's very unclear, it's kind of unclear with the whole case, not just... I mean, our episode was also a little unclear about it, too, but... There's not really any reason that Jen and Jay were interviewed first. Yeah. Um, what's also very interesting is, and I need to quit saying that, but Jen, <laughs> Jen was interviewed twice before Jay was. Right. Um, we could get into what they said, if you want, before going into the cell phone records. I feel like that'll make a little bit more sense. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can get into that. Okay, so so on February 26th, detectives talked to Jen. She said she doesn't know anything at all. The very next day, she goes back to the detectives and says, Jay told her that Adnan killed Hay. 
<laughs> the next day is Jay's first interview with detectives. That's when he tells them that Adnan showed him Hay's body in the back of Hay's car. He leads them to Hay's car. Because up to this point, they haven't been able to locate her car. It's been almost two months. Right. So, Jay's second interview is March 15th. March 18th is Jay's third interview. April 13th is Jay's fourth interview. And then there's a big break between that point and the next time we hear from Jay, which is September 7th. At this point, Jay signs an agreement pleading guilty to accessory after the fact of the first-degree murder of Heyman Lee. And um, we'll probably get more into Mm -hmm. that charge that he got because... Oh, man. What a, it's just, it's just what, so what, what a fluff charge. And what what ensued after the fact when he got when when he went before a judge for that charge mm-hmm. is honestly one of the the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life when it comes to somebody who's getting literally charged with accessory after the fact of the murder. Right. But we'll get into that. Absolutely. Um, so for sure. with for the reason that I'm bringing that up is and why I wanted to bring that up first is because in Jay's first interview, he starts talking about the call log. And this is where the call log starts to kind of not make sense anymore. Jay has the cell phone. Let's keep that in mind. Jay right. has Adnan's car and cell phone. Okay, so all of the calls after 10.45 a.m. until... About, what was it, like... 5-something. 5 5.30, 6 o'clock? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that... Was Jay. That was Jay. Yeah. Because Adnan is at school, and there was a brief time where they were together when they went to go to the mall to get Stephanie's birthday present, and then Adnan went back to school, and then he went to track practice. Right. Which is another big point in the whole story about where he's supposed to be at that time. Right. But yeah, so from like 1045-ish till almost 6 o'clock in the evening... Jay is the one with the phone in, in right. his possession with Adnan's car. Right. And this, you know, it's one of the funny things about that, that everybody thought, like, I guess this comes from the mindset of people in the current time. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought it was weird that Adnan just, like, gave up his cell phone and, like, let, like, this guy who he isn't really necessarily friends with, he's right. just an acquaintance with, have his cell phone in his car for the day. But you got to remember, folks, this was 1999. Right. Not a lot of people had cell phones back then. And so it was it was kind of a cool thing. So it makes sense that he would give Jay the phone because he knows that if Jay has the phone, he can still get in contact with him because he's at school. He could use a phone at the school right. and call Jay and have him come pick him up. So I used to think that was like weird how people thought it was odd that he would just give up his cell phone. But... Because nowadays we why would nobody would give their cell phone because their cell phones are like eight hundred nine hundred dollars. Yeah, you know back then these phones were different types of phones. So I always wanted to. I always thought it was like weird to me that people would be weird about that. Well, I mean, I think it is weird, but I also can't justify it the other way either. You know, like just how else is he gonna get a car back? Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what is is Jay supposed to do? Call school? Are they gonna? Or is he gonna gonna try and figure out like, oh, you gotta go to a payphone, or like, you gotta, yeah, you gotta go to this specific. Like, he's that means Jay would have to go find a phone. And texting wasn't really like. Right. I don't even think. Yeah. I mean, texting wasn't really a thing back then. So he couldn't have 
you've been texting in school. What are you going to do? All your friends are right there with you. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> it was very different world back right. then. So back to the back to what you were saying though about the call log and you know Jay having the phone at those times. Yeah, so he had had it at that point. The one of the things that comes up that doesn't make sense in Adnan's testimony versus Jay's testimony is a call at 3:32 p.m. when Adnan claims to be at the library at school. Mm-hmm. This is the Nisha call. One of the most important pieces of information in this entire case. Yeah, this is so I mean, the, yeah, so the Nisha call it is a substantial call. It's a 2 minute and 22 second call. Right. And while that doesn't sound like anything, I I have done this quite a few times since we started talking about this case where I'll call Kelsey and talk to her for a minimum, you know, like I'll, I'll time it and see how long it takes me to say certain things or whatever. Two minutes and 22 seconds is a pretty, you know, it's longer than you think. Go time yourself sitting there for two minutes and 22 right. seconds. It's, you can have a conversation. It seems like a long time to leave it on a butt dial or whatever. Yeah. I always used to think, this is the only, this is like the only one where it looks in, and Sarah says it in Serial, that this is the only part of it that looks bad for a non. There's no other evidence except for this Nisha call. Now yeah. let's talk about who Nisha is. So Nisha was a girl uh, that lived in Silver Springs, Maryland at the time. Uh, Adnan started talking to her after him and Hay broke up. They, as far as I know, they maybe only had met once or so i don't even know if they'd actually even met but they started talking they would talk pretty much every day Mm -hmm. um and they even talk about later on in one of jay's testimonies that he spoke with nisha one time on the phone when jay was working at an adult video store at the time and this is where a lot of people wonder well maybe jay got confused or maybe the call log like the the testimony about talking to Nisha maybe that happened on a different day because Jay didn't start working at this adult video store until the end of January right so a lot of people wonder maybe the Nisha call was just a butt dial on that day and Nisha was on the um speed dial so on his phone if you look at the phone it's just one button yeah so could he have sat on it and called her yeah But the thing about that was, was the voicemail. Right. And was that set up? So she, so Nisha claims that at the time in 1999, her cell phone did not have a voicemail set up. So the call, the phone would have just rang and rang and rang. And never picked up to start the time. Right. So yeah, and AT&T, they they discovered that through like lots of research that AT&T only bills for answered calls. Right. Calls that just ring and ring and ring don't get on the bill. And they only charge you for a call after a certain amount of time that the call is answered. So this this call shows up as a charged call. So that means it was picked up. Right. And to think in perspective, if somebody picks up a phone call, are you going to sit there on the phone for two and a half, almost two and a half minutes Saying, like, hello, like, hey, is anybody there? Like, I doubt that that's actually going to be what's going on. Right. So that, to me, as much as it looks like really bad for a non... I have a theory there, too. Okay, what's your theory? And I'll explain it after we explain our other theory. Okay, all right. We'll get to that then. 
I just I just thought of it in my noggin. Okay. She I was gonna say she caught me <laughs> off guard there. I, I didn't hear any theory about the Nisha call. I have one um, now. Okay. Because now it makes sense. Okay. Uh, now I want to get to our theory. I'm really excited about it. Okay. So uh, the call log is very extensive. If you look at the two days, if you serial podcast has a really awesome um, call log that you could just pull up and look at all the different things that happen. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of calls made from the time that Adnan's in school and yeah. after, and it does kind of get a little bit fishy when they're, at, you know, Jay and Adnan were together because, you know, was it Jay, was it Adnan, you don't really know. But a lot of them are insignificant. But yeah. two I want to kind of touch on just because it'll, you know, we'll bring it back up later is the two calls to Jen from 12.07, which is 21 seconds long. Again to Jen at 12.41 for, for a minute and 29 seconds. Adnan didn't have the phone. Right. Adnan didn't know Jen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he, yeah. He maybe had And that was Jen to once. the home phone. That yeah. wasn't to her pager. Later on at, and I can tell you right now. Later on in the evening. Yes, at 8.04 and 8.05, there are two calls to her pager. Um, one being 32 seconds and one being 13 seconds. That is... It's interesting to me because that's when Adnan's dad claims that he was at the mosque and I don't know why he would be paging Jen unless his timing's just a little bit off and so is the dad's because if he's supposed to be there at 8 and it's 8.04 and you know Jay's or Adnan is dropping Jay off Jay would be using the phone to text Jen or not text but call Jen call Jen's to get back in touch with her right. because we do know they were back together again that night. That evening, yeah. So, you know, it's very feasible that, you know, he arrived a, a little, little after eight o'clock. And, and nobody really noticed. Right. And so that was just a non calling for Jay so that he could like say like to Jen, like, oh like, you know, I'm gonna, you know, come pick you up or like come pick me up. Right. Type type ordeal. Um, so the rest of the calls you can go back and look at. Those are just the ones that kind of stick out um, timeline-wise. The other ones you can see where the detective calls to talk to Adnan while he's at... Uh, not her real name, Kathy. Not her real name, Kathy. So I can't remember. Calls. In Undisclosed, they actually name her. Like I can't remember yeah. what her name was. It's, it's not... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, <laughs> but... Uh, the, yeah, he calls her while he calls a nod while he's at that's Officer Scott Adcock. Yes. Uh, calls a nod when he's at uh, not her real name Kathy's house after track practice. This is way after track practice. This is around and he was stoned. Yeah, this was. I'm assuming it was one of these calls right here. It was a 624 call. It was the incoming call. Yes. So Adnan gets a call um, for, at 607. That's 56 seconds long. Um, 609, which is 53 seconds long. And then 624 is 415. We do know that one of those calls was the friend of Hay calling Adnan to be like, hey, what do you know? Um, Hay's missing. Right. Well, also one of the calls they said that they believe was it – could they have thought maybe at first it might have been Hay's brother calling it, yeah, it to see somebody. if he had, had seen her or anything like that. Um, and then one of the calls, and this is a call that gets brought up because not her real name, Kathy, is like saying that Anon was kind of acting like weird. freaked out because somebody was like, he was basically like, well, they're going to call me. Like, what am I going to say? They're going to want to talk to me and I'm the ex-boyfriend kind of thing. Right. And so if you've really listened to it, 
from her perspective, it sounds kind of sketchy. But he's high, and he's thinking, I'm high, they're going to come talk to me, right. and I have weed in my car. And right, so he's thinking of the mindset of, well, if they call me, maybe they're going to, what if they show up instead? Mm-hmm. Like, what or if what they, if they can tell that I'm high? Or right. what if, like... He's doing literally everything that any normal 17-year-old would do if a police officer because decided to... at this point, to, they don't even really know that she's missing, missing. They just can't find her. Right. Uh, at, she, that, at that point in the day, Adnan would have no idea that she was missing. Right. Because he was at school. He and went he would to have just practice. assumed that she was with Don. Right, and that's what uh, that's what he kind of was thinking, and a lot of people, even her friends. Yeah. Um, one of her friends, uh, oh Debbie, one of her friends, Debbie, even had the the thought. Well, she's probably with Don, or um, one of the big theories was that maybe she went off to Cal, like like went off to California because that's mm-hmm. where like her father was. Right. Um. So, but at this point in the day, Adnan has no idea that she's missing, and then all of a sudden they're calling and asking. Hey, do you know anything? The police are going to call you because I told them, you know, right. give, the, give him a call and he's freaking out. So at 624, Officer Scott Adcock calls. They talk for four minutes and 15 seconds. And um, it's at that point where not her really and Kathy says that him and Jay went out to the car to like talk to each other and then left. Yes. Um, and she thought that that was weird, you know, that they just went out to the car and talk. Like, why didn't they just talk in the, in the house kind of thing? And then Jay returns later on that, later on that, that, that night to not her real name, Kathy's house. And that time he has Jen with him. Yes. And that's important because that kind of goes into the story of him meeting up with Jen, where the whole, the trunk pop happened. (laughs) In terms of him seeing, like, telling her where he saw the body and all that stuff. Yes. So, um... Now, let's talk about the autopsy report. Yes. About Hay. Hay was found with full frontal lividity. Full frontal fixed lividity, yeah. And for those of you who don't understand what that means, what that means is she was laying on her face, like, completely face down, body down, flat on the floor or flat on something... For for the minimum of an hour, uh, usually that's four to you know four to six hours of full frontal lividity, and, that, and that's like the minimum. That, the very minimum. I mean, like the, you when you, you can do it in an hour under certain circumstances, which is why they put that there. Usually, it's four to six hours. That means right. all of the blood in your body pulls to the front of your body. But what's interesting to note about that when we say it depends on the the environment, this was Baltimore. Mm-hmm. In January. There was a snowstorm. There was a snowstorm. It was cold. You know what happens when a body gets cold? It doesn't do anything. Yes. It sticks where it's at. So it would mean that that body would have had to have been there for a long time. Yes. In order to be full frontal fixed lividity. Yes. So continue on. It would have. When she was found, she was not found lying face down. Right. She was found similar to a fetal position with one arm up and I believe one arm, one leg out. Um, yes. It was a little bit, she was a little contorted. Um, like you would see somebody being shoved into a trunk. That, that, that part of the story does kind of make sense. For that to have happened, they would have had to break liver mortis. Yes. Because, which just doesn't make sense. You know, that, one of my favorite podcasts, which is Morbid, 
Elena is a is a autopsy tech, and she describes breaking liver mortis as one of the hardest things to do because you think about almost breaking bones because yeah. you're broke. I mean, you're stuck in that position. Right. Yeah. So to have full frontal lividity, which means she's like completely flat, face down on the ground for several for, s- for several hours, several hours at the minimum. Yeah. Liver mortis has to be broken then to then contort her to get her into something to then transport right. her to where she was. Found. And that's not something that's like you said is easily done. It's not. It, it it would it takes a lot of strength to do that. Yes, and her official cause of death was manual strangulation. Yeah, manual strangulation. Yeah. What's interesting to note about that as well is the fact that in the trial they never really mention the blunt force trauma to her head. Yeah. And the bring it up in the HBO documentary by another um, another doctor. That could just be because of how she was found, but it is interesting because it's the it was the right right temporis muscle, which is like up here in your noggin. Yeah. Um, it's it was a weird place. It was not the side she was laying on. I don't believe so. It just didn't really make sense for that one to be bruised. Um, that bruise though wouldn't have caused death it was just a bruise like almost like she got hit in the face right it was probably something done to subdue her yes um because like we said i mean she was an athletic girl she was a fighter she would, yeah she wouldn't have she went would, down easily right exactly i mean this is not somebody who just yeah would would yeah she wouldn't she would fight the person that was trying to so for the most most likely she was knocked out and that's what caused the injury to the to the head there. Yes. But they don't talk about that in the They don't. trial because it just doesn't fit their It doesn't fit the narrative. Yeah. Um she also has no defensive for defensive wounds that are to speak about. She really didn't have much under her fingernails. There was no scratches on her. There most of the time like if you're fighting somebody off, you're gonna have bruises on the on your arms, on your right. hands, um other places in your body where you're getting hit where you're trying to dodge and you're trying to do different things. The the trauma to her head was not enough to even knock her out. It would have been enough to make her stumble, turn right. around, you know, and the you know, the person that she was, all I can imagine is her getting knocked in the face and her turn around trying to knock somebody else out because right. I wouldn't handle that very well and I'm not a very violent human. So, and I don't think she was either. I just think your reflexes would tell you to do so, which would mean that she would put her arms up or she would do something and there would be bruising there, but there was none of that found. Yes. And there was no sexual trauma. Right. Which I feel like to me... If you're trying to go for what the state was going for with a crime of passion, like a like a you know jilted lover kind of thing, you would imagine that most likely there would probably be some sort of trauma like that. But you know, that's the only just... thing was the way that her clothes were but on that, her body. But so, I yeah, honestly when they, think that was where she was dragged into the woods. Right. So when really... they found her body, her her skirt. Up. Was like pulled up. Yeah, I think her shirt was like up, like way up, but yeah. it wasn't. Nothing was real. I think a bra was showing too. Yeah, but it wasn't like a. A lot of times in cases you'll see if it's a crime of passion like that, they'll completely pull the where they're completely nude in the front if the yeah. bra is showing or they'll do something. It wasn't like that. It was like the shirt kind of got moved. Um, not really like a torn, we're going to do this to humiliate her type thing. Plus, she wasn't found face up, which is usually what you'll find in something like that where they're trying to make it known that, like, 
to, to shame them. That tends to be like a crime of passion type of thing that they'll do, you know, is make it very obvious what they're right. trying to exactly. get across. So now, so yeah, as you can tell, the, the way that the autopsy shows, it doesn't fit any sort of timeline that would involve, it basically, if you're going off of, now we'll probably get into the cell evidence, but if you're basing it off of his cell log and his call logs and then also statement of where he is at the time, it just doesn't make any sense, Mm-mm. you know. So the cell log <laughs> is, is interesting because of, I gotta quit saying that. <laughs> just like, well, it is interesting. So. Uh, oh. The call log pings towers. Right. So let, let, uh, let me give you like a quick, for those of you who don't understand, I'm sure at this point, most people understand how this works. So when you're using your cell phone, it's going to ping the tower that's closest to you when it's being, uh, when, it, when it's being used. Usually. Usually. Sometimes what can happen when you're using a cell phone is that when a, phone call comes in, if that tower that you're nearby is overworked, they'll sometimes ping it on a different tower. Mm-hmm. That's basically kind of the basic of how cell tower works. So in theory, what you could do is you could go into somebody's call log and they they have a list of the cell towers along the, on the, on, along the side there. Mm-hmm. And that should give you kind of a good idea of where that cell phone was yeah. at the time. You could also look at incoming calls in a different... Actually, well, when it comes to that, though, if you remember in Undisclosed, they had a conversation about an AT&T um, call log or call sheet that was that was found. So an interesting fact, and this is where I'm, I'm going to put this out there, because it's a very important piece of information. AT&T did only deemed calls that were outgoing calls as reliable calls to basically say where the phone is. Incoming calls were not deemed reliable to the geolocate the phone. the phone. And that comes up in the case. That cover sheet was just overlooked. Yes. It was, for some reason, and it was completely overlooked by his lawyers and by his entire team until all these years later, mm-hmm. when Undisclosed was doing some more research on the case, one of their people found this call log and found it and were able to confirm with AT&T that, yes, only incoming, only outgoing calls mm-hmm. were considered reliable in telling where the phone is. And if that had been known back then, or at least if his lawyer, because I'm sure the state probably knew. And the state probably just was like, well, if they don't say anything about it, then like right. we're probably fine. But if that had been known back then by his lawyers and his team, it would have blown the state's case right out of the water. Right, because the state was trying to say that due to an incoming call that pinged near Lincoln Park. Right. He was definitely in Lincoln Park. So, yeah, so there was a call around, I believe, 
six like in that six o'clock range where it pinged a tower in Leakin Park. Yes. And that is the call that they're claiming is the call where... But wasn't that near not, not her real name Kathy's house was? Right. She wasn't very far from there. And another interesting fact, um, as we've talked about this before, Adnan and Jay both smoke pot. Yes. And Jay was the guy who Adnan usually got his stuff from. But also, Jay had people he got stuff from, too. Right. And an interesting fact, this is something that was brought up later on. One of the towers that pings near Leakin Park, which also pings not her real name, Kathy's house, Mm -hmm. also pings a section of Baltimore that is very well known as the Strips. Mm -hmm. And that is the area where a lot of people go to acquire drugs. Right. To get, you know, weed, things like that. So... It's very, very likely that around, you know, 6.30, Adnan and Jay are over in that area and they're getting weed right. from the from somebody at the tower or, by, or on the strip. So right. that tower at Leakin Park gets pinged. But at the same time, if you're really looking at it from the stance of how it is, it's still only an incoming call. Right. So in theory... That doesn't necessarily mean that they're in Leakin Park, but it could mean that they are somewhere nearby. Right. And that it's more likely that they're either at not a real name Kathy's house or they're trying to get more weed. Because like she said, when they got when they got there, that Adnan was very high. Yes. And that he was asking them, like, do you guys know how to get rid of a high? And she just thought he was acting funny. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's something that I always found interesting because I didn't realize until recently when listening to, I believe it was, I was re-listening to Undisclosed that that tower, uh, that that area in Baltimore was actually close, that that tower was close to that area in Baltimore where you can get, you know, weed and things like that. Right. And another place that the police and the defense attorney completely missed was mm-hmm. Asia and Asia. Asia's letter. Asia, again, remember that these are all high school students. She claims to have seen Adnan at the library the right. time that he says that he was there. And she distinctly remembers it being that day because it was the day either of the snowstorm or before the snowstorm. And she got snowed in at her boyfriend's house and she was real mad about it. She right. didn't forget anything like that. The boyfriend yeah. came in and spoke to Adnan and... I believe without a doubt that that happened. Yeah. That so, there's no reason for her to make that up. Right. It doesn't benefit her and it doesn't, you know, she And they had weren't no, even that good friends. Right, exactly. She wasn't trying to cover his butt. She was really just like, and she was writing letters to him while he was in prison. And I mean, he was writing letters to his friends. I mean, it was very, it was, if yeah. anything would have came out, it would have been then. And Right. Yeah. I mean, it, Asia was somebody that Adnan just kind of really knew in passing. She wasn't part of the magnet program i don't believe um but she she just kind of after he got arrested she wrote him a letter when he was in the j- in jail saying like hey like you know i saw you that day i remember um what she what what Liv was talking about is uh so at the time asia was doing a kind of one of those things that you would work like half the day it, you would go to school and then the rest of the day you would work. Mm-hmm. And 
that day she had like a like a big gap she had big gap in her in her schedule and she was at the library and she was waiting for her boyfriend to come pick her up and she was you know mad because he was late and Adnan was there checking his emails and remembers seeing him there yes and, and I would like to kind of read her letter yeah, it's let's... not very long but I feel like it's just kind of needed to know yeah she puts on the very top I just came from your house an hour ago. Then she dates at March 1st, 1999. Dear Adnan, I hope I spelt it right. I, I know that you can't have visitors, so I decided to write you a letter. I'm not sure if you remember talking to me in the library January 13th, but I remember chatting with you. Throughout your actions that day, I have reason to believe in your innocence. I went to your family's house and discussed your calm manner towards them. I also called the Woodlawn Public Library and found that they have a surveillance system inside the building. Depending on the amount of time you spend in the library that afternoon, it might help in your defense. I really would appreciate it if you would contact me between 1 p.m. or 8.45 p.m. And then she gave her number. More importantly, I'm trying to reach your lawyer to schedule a possible meeting with the three of us. We aren't really close friends, but I want you to look into my eyes and tell me of your innocence if I ever find otherwise I will hunt you down and whip your butt okay friend and put a smiley face right so one of the interesting facts that she points out in there is the fact that she remembers that the library had a surveillance uh, system at the time and unfortunately basically back then uh, Sarah goes to that library and talks to them and they said yeah, we had a surveillance system back in 1999. Mm -hmm. And when asking what it was, and she goes, I'm pretty sure they it was literally just a VHS tape. And what they would do was they would use a tape, and then they basically would, after a while, they would re-record over well, that tape. Wasn't it every week? So, like, they had a Monday tape and a yeah, Tuesday right, tape. Right, exactly. And then they had a, so they had seven tapes, so, one for every day, and they just redid it every week. Every week. So they would just rewrite over every single VHS tape each week mm -hmm. so basically even by the time Asia's letter had come to him come to them almost like two months later at that point it would have been long gone yes um so that was obviously sad so a lot of people thought maybe that might have been the reasoning why but the, the reasoning why that they didn't really use Asia's letter as an important thing because they couldn't really corroborate it because it's like one word against another but the big point in that letter that she talks about is she was trying to get in contact with Adnan's lawyer. Right. And Adnan's lawyer didn't even make an effort to get in contact with her. No. And that right there, that's the biggest point that they tried to bring up. And later on when they're trying to go for his appeal for ineffective assistance of counsel, mm -hmm. um, which is just a fancy way of your lawyer didn't do shit. So, but... Maybe, and this was something that Sarah talked about, and I feel like this was kind of like a like a, a real cop-out, was that the reasoning why maybe Christina didn't go and and use Asia's letter was because they didn't have anything to corroborate with it, and she maybe was just mixing up her days, or and they don't have any sort of recording to prove that he was there. But at the same time, I call that just, you know, laziness. Because if you had just even attempted to talk to Asia... And Asia has an affidavit from March 25th, 2000. That yes. at, this is after Adnan was convicted. 
still stating right. that I saw Adnan on that day. Now, she won't really testify to exactly what they talked about or, you know, she has an idea and she yeah. still to this day says that she saw Adnan right. in the library. She knows he was there. Right. If he was in the library, he did not have time to go to Lincoln Park at any point in that right. day. And, and and the library was right there on the school campus. Was, I mean, it was yeah. a public library, but literally, I've been to Woodlawn High, and I've it, you could stand there and just literally throw a rock and hit the public library. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right there in the same parking lot. So if they can go, if they can find out, even if even if they don't have the tapes to prove it, if they have somebody signed affidavit and then possibly the boyfriend and the boyfriend's friend was with them too mm-hmm. as well, that's three people that saw Adnan there at that time when they're supp- where he's supposedly murdering his ex-girlfriend in a Best Buy parking lot. Right. I mean, why wouldn't you even make an attempt to talk to somebody about that? Right. I mean, it's... That's always been one of the ones that, that pissed me off the most because you literally had what could have been the nail in the state's coffin when it comes to their their timeline and seeing, you know, a non there. So there's a lot going on here. Obviously, you know. This is a theory. This is a theory. I told you at the beginning, we are not saying that any of these people are the ones that murdered Heyman Lee. This is just a more plausible thing in my right. brain that and I think y'all's brain want to hear it this is just more right. plausible than Adnan because he has no way of doing what they asked what right. they're what they're saying that he did they just didn't right. have time so go ahead babe okay so since the beginning Jay's reliability in this entire case has always been in question yes it is very obvious that his entire story was coerced by police. There were, what, two or three interviews yeah. that weren't even, that, that they weren't recorded in right. any matter whatsoever. Right. Exactly. And he gets off scot-free off of all of this right. after admitting to helping hide a body. Right, and dig a grave. And get um, rid of evidence. One one episode of Undisclosed, they talk about the the knocks. There's obvious knocks in when they're talking to Jay because they're showing him on what a piece of paper, this is what you said, remember, or stick to the script. Jay is literally one of the most unreliable people that I've ever seen when it comes to a case. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the state was able to use him the way that they did and get a conviction out of it is just further proof of how messed up the, the justice system in Baltimore was at the time. So, let me reiterate one more time. We are not claiming that we know who did this. Yes. This is not who we think killed. We are not saying that they killed Heyman Lee. This is not a fact. This is a theory. It's a theory 100%. It's just the only thing that makes sense. Right. And one thing I will mention before we say this is if you look online, there are a bunch of different theories about who they think killed Hay, ranging from Don to a serial killer from North Carolina to... There's a lot of different people that they kind of throw in there. While those have their place, our theory, I think, kind of puts all the pieces together that didn't really make sense if you're looking at this from face value or even from like a researcher standpoint while you can make the other ones work to some extent that's that's the end of that that's the extent right so one person that has always been 
kind of a mystery in this whole entire thing has been Jen. Yes. Why Jen was even involved in this, other than the fact that she was on the call logs, is beyond us. It makes no sense. But here's what we have to say on the matter. At the time when Jay was dating Stephanie and, you know, friends with the nun and all them, there was always some sort of weird feeling among the group of people that something had been going on between Jay and Jen. And I think, the again, we can't prove this. This is just kind of my theory, having been a teenage girl. I don't think that Stephanie was oblivious to what was going on. Every girl is a little jealous, so even yes. if we don't want to admit it. So think about it being her birthday. Right. And she probably now knows at this point, you know, or has some suspicion that Jay has Adnan's car. Because she's thinking, well, great, somebody else had to tell him to go do something for my birthday. Or mm-hmm. he didn't do this or whatever. She probably turned around to Hay and said, I think he's cheating on me and I think it's with Jen. And Hay, being the girl that she was, or any friend in high school, goes, I'm going to go talk to them. Right. Because you're going to stick up for your friend. Yeah. And high school girls don't really think about the consequences in any scenario. Whether and, it be Stephanie telling Hay what's going on. She right. doesn't She doesn't think that Hay's going to do anything about it. And Hay's thinking going to talk to Jay. Okay, well, I'm talking to Jay. I might get right. in a little bit of a fight, but I'm going to find out the truth. And my friend's going to be safe. And it was well known that Hay was somebody that didn't mince words. I mean, she she was like... She was a fighter. She was a fighter. They, she talk, they talk about it even when it comes to Don, where she was the one that was initiating, mm-hmm. you know, the relationship with Don. But beyond that, my theory kind of is a mix of, of Liv's... Because I think of it more from another standpoint of just she, not necessarily just the fact that it's this high school or like that she forgot the birthday. I just think of it more from the standpoint of maybe, hey, heard from somebody else that something might be going on with. That's a theory, too. The only reason I don't agree with you is because I, if I look at it from my friend's yeah me somebody else telling me that some that my friend feels bad because it's not going to cause me to leave and go do something especially in high school yeah but i mean i wasn't the same as hey and i didn't have that personality but i do have friends that have that personality and i think to get that reaction because they're they they know who she is as a person to get that reaction would would take stephanie telling her right and then, and again, this is a theory. She may not have reacted at True. all. True, yeah. Um, but where we both agree on, though, in this whole thing is we believe what transpired after this is what set into motion what happened to Hay. Yes. The next step in Hay's plan of that day is she has to go pick up her cousin. Mm-hmm. But she made it very clear that she had to go do something else. Mm-hmm. So there's the whole famous, everybody talks about Adnan saying he needed a ride that day because Jay has the car. Right. So he's telling, hey, I need a ride home or I need a ride. And she says earlier in the day, I can give it to you. Then later on the day tells him, I can't give you a ride anymore. Something came up. Which is what makes me think that she talked to Stephanie. Right. Something came up. That's the key words there. Everybody knew that she was always going to get her cousin after school. Right. So if that's what she was going to do, she would have just said, I got to go pick up my cousin. 
Right. She wouldn't have just said something came up. Everybody knows that she picks up her cousin. There's also a letter that was in Hay's car that they found that was supposed to be going to Don. Right. That was like, that said something along the lines. They said like, hey, cutie, sorry, I couldn't stay. Something along those right. lines. That was found in her car that was never delivered to Don, anything like that. Right. But she tells Adnan, sorry, I can't, I got to go, I have to do something. So in between the time of her leaving Woodlawnheim and when she's supposed to go get her cousin at school. Right. She decides she's going to go over to Jen's house because she figures that's where Jay is right now. Right. And she's going to talk to Jay about how Stephanie's upset that he's forgotten her birthday. And also maybe try and confront the rumor about whether something's going on between her and between him and Jen. Yes. So that brings us to Hay gets to Jen's house. Yeah. And now Jen, please watch the HBO documentary. I yes. don't know how many times we can say that. I'm not going to bash her. I'm not going to say anything mean about her. I will just say. She's sketchy. She's got a history. Yeah. So does Jay. Jay, I'll bring that up in a minute after we can, you know, conclude this theory. But Jen also has a history. While hers is not necessarily violent, she's had run-ins with the police. Yes. She has a history with them. And at this point in time, she already had a history with police. Yes. So just keep that in mind. So right. my... This is when I think things get really weird. Yeah. Is when she gets to Jen's house. So at this point, she's at... Jen's house and she confronts Jay about you know why are you being a bad boyfriend kind of you know doing what any high school girl would do like you know being like like kind of probably barking at him saying like you know why are you being so mean to her she's your Mm -hmm. she's you know she's out of your league she's she's done nothing but love you and you're forgetting her birthday and and, and the non had to give you his car in order for you to go get a present for her on her birthday instead of getting it before and she's, you know, spouting off to Jay about how, like, how can he be such a bad boyfriend? And then she gets to the part where she accuses. Either that or she walked in on something happening. I well, think it, 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 I feel like walking in on something happening, though, like, that would, that would mean that she would have to have gotten into the house. Why couldn't she? I don't know. Maybe she did. It's very possible that she walked up and that had the, the door or, was like... Or, I mean, like, she saw that something was off. Or right, she like maybe she, when she... Maybe she didn't see them actually in the act of doing right. something, but what if somebody had a shirt off? Or what if somebody... Right. It doesn't have to necessarily mean yeah. that they were sleeping together, but she probably saw something she didn't want to see. And and then she went off on the whole tangent about yeah, everything. or started to. Or started to. And this is where the act occurs. Yeah. What we believe transpired what we believe could have transpired in this whole ordeal was jen doesn't like the way that hay is coming at jay and while they're talking jen hits hay on the head with something yeah and it, she could either punched her in the face or she probably used something soft she could even hit her with a pillow right you know like, a, like not a pillow that you would lay to go to sleep but i'm right. talking those decorative pillows right. that are kind of like something that would tough. that would cause enough to kind of make her get her off balance get her off balance and that is when she comes up behind her with whatever you know it, I'm thinking it's a red blanket or a red pillowcase or a red because there were the red, red fibers there were red fibers found on Hay's body and in her car mm-hmm. when they when they found her body. 
So red rope, red scarf, whatever it was. And I don't think it was a. I don't think it was a rope or a scarf because there wasn't an actual imprint. Okay. And when it's something thinner like that, it would yeah. leave the imprint. There's no handprints. There's nothing like that, which is why I think it had to cover her full face. Because uh-huh. a lot of it was asphyxiation. It was manual strangulation, yeah. but there wasn't enough trauma to the neck to be something that small. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it could have been. Right, which is something you normally find when it when it comes to a rope or like the hands. Right, you but see if you think about a blanket, the there is a lot of pressure around the neck, but it's yeah. also in the mouth and face. So yeah. if it is around the neck, that would cause manual strangulation, and the, but it would also be asphyxiation. Right. So Jen strangles Hay. Hay dies. Now, this is the part where I believe Jay freaks out he doesn't know what just happened he's he's freaking out and jen kind of becomes the 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 mastermind or becomes like the one in charge of everything at this point so she decides okay you're supposed to be picking up at nine for track practice okay you go ahead you do that you you know you keep to the schedule keep everything normal and this is where I'm going to interject my theory real quick okay. about the Nisha call. I think what happened was, you know, Jen being the mastermind in this, because I, 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 it just seems like a very girl crime in this scenario. Like, it was the way it was thought out, the way the body was moved, the way this happened, it just makes sense. Yes. Um, but I think she was smart enough to kind of look at Adnan's phone. And I don't know that she necessarily wanted to pin it on Adnan, but she was going to get the heat off of her. Yeah. And get it off of Jay. And at that moment, her thought process probably wasn't necessarily Adnan. But if she had Jay call Nisha, Mm. that would put a hole in Adnan's story no matter what they did. Right. So it was almost like he could have been a fallback plan, even if she didn't know that that's what she was doing at that moment. That was 100% what she was thinking. This is going to be my fallout plan. You need to call and you need to... Say, you know, you talk to Nisha because she's going to speed dial. Do you know Nisha? I don't know Nisha. We, you know, that, that'll prove that he's with us because we don't know who that is. And that would make sense to me. Right. Or, I mean, it could have been a butt dial. I mean, give it either one. But, but also, what's an interesting fact is, though, like, the Nisha call never comes up in anybody's testimony. Right. And that would make sense as they're trying to cover their own asses. Right, because I don't know anything want... about the Nisha call. Because right. he's at school. He doesn't right. know that that's happening. Exactly. But if Jay called Nisha, it's like, okay, I'm going to pretend to be unknown. And I'm going to talk to you like this. And, or or he's just like picking and maybe she just didn't think about it. And she just thought some high school boy got, you know, her boyfriend's phone. Like she didn't think anything right. about exactly. it. She probably didn't know it was Jay. Or she probably didn't think much about it not being Adnan either, you yeah. know? And like Nisha doesn't remember a call with anybody earlier on than with Jay at the end of January. But... Um, so basically now going back to that, I do like that theory as an idea, like what, what would make the Nisha call make sense. So after this, what we have is Jen keeps, um, Jen is the one who keeps Hayes body and has Hayes, they have Hayes car at the house there. Mm -hmm. Her and Jay decide, okay, we're going to park her car at the park and ride until we figure out what to do with her then he goes he gets he goes and he gets adnan from track practice and the rest of the day probably goes as adnan says right exactly that's why exception of jay smoking weed with adnan right there's always been this little tidbit of information that i honestly didn't really notice it until i listened to it again with Liv. was that 
it was very clear that when they went and got weed, Jay didn't smoke that night. Which is interesting. I I don't understand. Like why, why would they why would they go out why would he go out of his way to find more weed and then not smoke it and just let it non smoke it? And typically if you're getting it from a supplier, which is what Jay was for Adnan, right. the supplier's gonna smoke with you for one of two reasons. One, so that you know that they're not giving you bad stuff. Right. That that, that tends to be what happens. Or because they're bored and they don't want to smoke with. Right. If they don't smoke it right then, then what are they going to do? Keep it in the car? Yeah. So I feel like that's a very common thing. I don't know that from experience. I just know that from a lot of the cases I've listened to. Yeah. Is that, that tends to be something that, like, if they don't smoke with you, it's more suspicious than if they do. Exactly. So now what we have in the story is the trip to not her really in Kathy's house. Now, one of the more interesting facts about her, their trip to not her really in Kathy's house is Kathy even says... That that night, Jay was more talkative than usual. Mm -hmm. And even her boyfriend um, was there as well. And Jay was the type of guy that was more the silent type. Right. He was pretty chill. And this night, he was way more talkative. Right. And so she thought that that was interesting. And then Adnan is sitting there smoke, after smoking, and he's just like... And she's never met Adnan. This is the first time she's met Adnan. And, the and first he's high as a kite. The first impression she gets of him is him high as a kite and acting strange. And then asking, how do you get rid of a high? Well, you know, the reason why he's asking about getting rid of a high is he's afraid when the cops are going to call, they're going to know that he sounds like something's off and they're going to think something's wrong. Right. Which is a very normal thing for somebody to think when a police officer is calling about your ex-girlfriend being missing. Right. If you're high and you sound like you're like, if your voice sounds any bit off, a police officer is going to catch it like that. Yeah. So Jay makes sure that Anand looks as sketchy as possible and he overcompensates right. by being talkative. Now, after not her real name, Kathy's house, this is where... Jay's testimony and Jen's testimony don't connect. Right. This is a fact. In Jen's interview, she claims that they met at Westview Mall. Right. That is where Jay got picked up by Jen that night with Adnan at Westview Mall. She remembers pulling up and Adnan saying hi to her. And then after getting in the car, Jay goes, I need to tell you something. Mm-hmm. And that's when he tells her what happened. But in all of his interviews, Jay has clearly stated that that's not where they met. Right. That they went back to Jay's grandmother's house mm -hmm. and Jen was there already. Right. And then she says hi to Adnan like that. And then that's when Jay tells her about what happened. Right. Our theory goes on this route. It happens like Jay said it happened. They go back to his house. Mm -hmm. They like Adnan drops him off. Which at, is the pager calls. Right, I think exactly. He's paging Jen. He's paging hey, Jen to way, say like, "Hey, like, get can you get to my house, and like we'll continue. We'll take care of this." Right. Because what always, what doesn't make any sense is everybody talks about it. Why would Jay let Adnan use his shovels? Right. bury a body and then go back and wipe the right the the fingerprints it doesn't make sense right if you if you know something's going on say something right. i don't care what inter, you know what you've had with police right which is what 
you know, Jay going, says Jay says that the reason why he didn't go to the police after a non admitted or showed him was because he was afraid of what the police would do to him. But here's the thing. The guy who found Hay's body had a ton of money. Had a way more. And he knew he had nothing to do with it, which right. is why he called. Right. Because what are they going to do? Right. Him, you know, okay, I mean, he had other things he was doing that were not correct, but right. he did not kill Hay. So when he found her body, what he did was call the police. Right. If Jay had, didn't have anything to do with it, he would have called the police. Right. And he would have said, hey, this right. is what I knew. Or, and me and, out and of what's it. interesting about that theory or about that is Mr. S. I know we said we were going to talk about him more, mm. but like Mr. S, they talked about it in, in serial. He was a serial streaker. Yeah. He, was, he a- was caught several times for indecent exposure, even exposing himself to an off duty cop. What's so funny about not funny about how he found Hey, nothing about that's funny, but he was driving. Was it off campus or to campus? He was, so he was driving. He, so he had to get a, like he had to get, a, uh, uh, a piece of equipment that the school didn't have that he worked at to work on a door. And he was drunk. He was driving home from his house after getting a 24-ounce Bud Light. Yeah. As he's driving back, he drinks the whole container. And he pulls over to And has to go to the bathroom pee. so bad that he has to pull over and walks, like, into, into the, the woods. And finds her. And finds her. And... Mr. S's background, like we said, he was a serial streaker. He'd been arrested for indecent exposure multiple times. He didn't have a violent past. He didn't have a violent past. But he was also, let's, this is an interesting note, he was also African American, just like Jay. Mm-hmm. But Jay felt that because he, he was African American and he had a history, literally the only history that he had had with the police was one run in over weed. Yes. And it was nothing. But this was not his last run-in with police. Oh, no, definitely not. So, we'll get into that in a second. What happens now is Jay gets the shovels from his yard. They go back to the to the park and ride, mm-hmm. and they grab Hay's car. They then take Hay's car to Leakin Park, where they drop off the body, where they mm-hmm. bring the body in there. They use the shovels. And, at, you know, at some point, I do think they went back to Jen's house to get Hay's body because Lividity had said it at that point. Right. So, so Jen's body, or, or sorry, excuse me, Hay's body would have been at Jen's house this entire time. It would make sense for the atmosphere. Full frontal lividity. Yeah, full frontal She's hanging, she's sitting on a bed, laying on a bed or laying on the floor or something like that. You know, Jen had her, Jen lived in a house like she did, it wasn't with her parents, like mm-hmm. It was like I think her, her brother lived with her. Her brother might have lived so with she her. She might have drug her into a bedroom or right, something. Right, something like that. So they get her, they go back to Leakin Park, and they they bury her body. But Jay already knows all this about the body being there, and that's why he conveniently makes sure that the phone is pinging the towers in Leakin Park. So they go to the strip to get drugs and go to Nader Road and Kathy's house. Right. Because it helps corroborate the story that the body being in Leakin Park would make sense. Right. So then after that, they, after they, they bury her body, they move her car to Edmondson Avenue, which is where the car stayed for a while or maybe or, not. Maybe not. Because one of the more interesting information that you find out from somebody on the HBO documentary, once again, like we said for the thousandth time, Please watch, watch the that. HBO documentary. They talked to a woman who lived in that area and they said, there's no way that a car that didn't belong to any of the neighbors would have stayed in that parking lot so long without anybody noticing it or moving it or getting it towed. Well, and the, the one note about that that could still make our theory about Jen and Jay make sense is that 
when Jay gave up the information about the car, somebody else already gave that tip. Yeah. That car, not, I'm not saying a cop moved it, but... I mean, it wouldn't shock me that somebody moved that car to then say, oh, the car's here. Right. Because, you know, as you can probably tell at this point, the job was not done correctly by detectives. And it wasn't handled correctly, and I did not see any evidence of them trying to be just in what they did. What they saw was a Muslim boy and... An African American male that they could manipulate into getting a story yep. put together quickly to have somebody behind bars, and they could use the fear from Jay to get him to say what they wanted him to say, yeah, and get Adnan arrested. Right. And that's what they wanted. So, that's it. Case closed. I mean, that, right. that's all. That's all they wanted to do. Yep. Literally, that right there, folks. That fear, our theory right there, makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Sure, there could be other little variations that you could put into there, but if you look at it from a standpoint of an overall view of how it ended up, it makes sense. Right. From the very beginning, I never believed Jay at all. And if you note, we are not saying that Jay is the one who did this. A lot of people think that Jay was the one who did it. I don't think he did. And then all that. But he had to have had some sort of involvement to at least have some sort of knowledge. But the police decided that what he had didn't make sense to them. I think they knew Jen was involved, which is why she was the first one interviewed. Right. And Jen was a little why white girl. Why go to Jen? Why go and to she's Jen? The, she's a little white girl. Right. That it, she, was, she was a little rough. Yes. And she had you know interactions with them before. So I think that that was, again, somebody... They're all high schoolers. Right. You can manipulate them into saying whatever the heck you want them to say. Right. They're scared of you. Yeah. I mean, and Jay, but, now Jay and Jen weren't high schoolers. They had just graduated. Right. But they're still children. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, all you freshmen in college who are listening to me, you are children. Yeah. Go to bed. But, like. <laughs> Eat your vitamins. Jen being called first never made sense. And when Jen tells Jay that the police contacted her, Jay decides, okay, I'm going to get involved. And he goes to the police and offers himself up as somebody who can fill in, I'm putting up air quotes, fill in the gaps in the story to their liking. Case closed, folks. That That's it right there. Yeah, and uh, I mean, talk to us on Facebook. Email us. Let us know what you think because there are other theories. The Dawn yeah. theory is really interesting. I, d- I don't think it was Dawn because it doesn't, line up correctly now the the dawn theory kind of comes from the fact that his mom clocked him in that day and but yeah we could yeah that's I mean, not we, the only time right. that he was clocked in and it just doesn't make a hundred percent there was sense. one there was one like real interesting talk, fact they talked about in the hbo documentary where one of the one of don's co-workers mentioned that the next day he was in work and like he had some like scratches on his right. hands but he said, oh, I was working on my car. And Don had a really nice, like, Camaro at the time that he and was very proud of. And it doesn't mean he of. didn't do it. Right. I mean, he very well could have. He very well could have. I but... just can't find enough evidence yeah. to pin it on him either. Right. I, I mean, it, it's compelling if you look at it at face value. But it just, right. same thing with the serial killer, I believe, from North Carolina. Yes, yeah. could it have been? Absolutely. But... There wasn't DNA right. evidence to prove that it was. And that's one. another interesting fact that it everybody forgets about. Don't. There was not any DNA on 
Heyman Lee that matched Jay or Non. Right. Which means not that they couldn't have, because again, if, if somebody came up behind her and strangled her right. with a pillow, with a, with a blanket, with whatever, there wouldn't have been DNA. Right. But somebody had to move her to the car. Right. So who was that? And, you know, Jen's DNA wasn't taken right. because she wasn't a suspect. Right. She was giving up information from the get-go. Yeah. Later on, I mean, when she was arrested again, her DNA is in the system. So should it have pinged? Absolutely. But, but a lot of this. Shit but let's remember. Let's remember the police didn't do their job. So and a lot of DNA and, isn't tested until like this right. past year. And in, and in a lot of cases like like this, and we see this all, all the time when the case is considered closed by a police department, they're done. They don't look at it anymore. They don't. They don't care if something pops up in the system. They go, he's in jail. We 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 got him. We don't care. Well, that's it, when you start talking right. about um, the case that we were listening to on case. Um, right. Exactly. Um, the uh, Stacy Stanton case. Yeah. In uh, in um, in uh, North in Carolina, Carolina from back in nineteen ninety. Same thing. You know? Yeah. Like they, 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 they. Justin was arrested, and that was it. And that was it. They, they, once they get tunnel vision on who it is that they think did it, they don't. They put on those blinders and they don't look at anything else. Think about the bad press they would get if they did it, and that, I think that, I think that, that has a lot to do right. with it. It's just not even that they're not willing to admit they're, you know, it's not that they don't want to catch who it really is. Right. They would have to admit that they're wrong, and then. The police would have no faith. You know, you right. wouldn't have faith in police. You just wouldn't trust them to do their job because they're not doing their job right. in these cases. No, that's not to say all cops are bad and that they don't all do their job. Right. It just in these cases, it's really hard to say that they did everything they could, and especially given that the detectives involved in this case have multiple cases against them for very similar instances happening yeah. in other. The two lead people. detectives. Detectives Ritz and McGillivray have a have literally a laundry list of, of misconduct issues in several other cases where they just they closed a case very early. Right. For and because back no, in the nineties and the two early two thousands, Baltimore City Police prided themselves on on a close rate of what was it like ninety some percent? Yeah. Something unheard of in the rest of the United States. The reason why they were able to close those cases so quick was because they didn't look at everything and they would they would zone in on one person and then that was it. They didn't care. Mm -hmm. All that being said, for 21 years, Adnan has sat in prison. He has spent his more than half of his entire life behind bars for something that we believe he did not do. Right. Now, like we said, we don't believe, we don't, we don't think that Jay did it. We don't think that Jen did it. We don't think that Don did it. It's just a very compelling theory. It's just that our theory for Jen and Jay makes more sense than Adnan, than Adnan ever has made sense. Just think about that. 21 years you sat in prison for a case that had this much confusion and this right. much just fogginess in terms of the, the evidence against you. Yeah. And Jay's history after the fact, too. He did have... You know, he had multiple uh, domestic. Uh, well, he only had the one domestic, but it, it was it was against the mother of his child. Yes. And then there was an unlawful possession of a gun and unlawful driving. Not well, to mention the he hasn't literally spent a day at all in for prison any of these for any of these crimes. 
Jay has since relocated. He does no He's longer in live in, 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 in Baltimore. He lives in California now. But all those crimes... And he crimes, did do part of the documentary for Serial. Right. Or he did. He spoke to them at he least. He spoke to them but did not want to be recorded or anything and like Which that. makes me believe, again, I don't think he did it. Right. I think he has a lot of he anger. He knows a lot. Yeah, he has a lot of anger for what's happened. And, and then, what, you know, not that he's innocent in this, but what do you want him to do? Right. It just all points to making more sense than the non- Right. What is important to know is that in all of this, what gets lost is the fact that Heyman Lee was brutally murdered on July 13th, 1999. And she's never been brought to justice. Never been brought to justice. In our opinion, in the opinion of most people, that's that's what that that's the case. Mm-hmm. And that gets overshadowed a lot in the media attention that Adnan has gotten over the last few years, whether it's been through his you know, request for a new trial that got granted and then got mm-hmm. held up by the state and then now is in limbo and he's waiting for more, a new filing, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he still has a chance, folks. I mean, what's important is people like us and people like you who believe he's innocent, it's 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 part of our job to help, you know, get the word out there and get theories out there to hopefully give people something to look at Mm -hmm. but what can't be overshadowed is the fact that Heyman Lee is not resting in peace right now right the person that killed her is still out there and it's up to the police and it's up to the justice system to find them to find them so that's that's it folks that's all of it that's everything that we have to say about the Adnan Syed case it's a case that I will probably follow for the rest of my life or until at least the day that Anon is released from prison, God willing. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, and uh, I really am excited for this, yeah. you know, this season, uh, you know, coming Hopefully up here. we can get to two episodes a week if we can get our right. crap together. So the plan is um, after this, folks, um, we're hoping to do two episodes a week. So we're hoping for a Monday and most likely a Friday episode. Right. Um, we were going to do that for this past week, but uh, busy, I'm a little sch- lazy. busy schedules and, you know, things like that just kind of get in the way. So, but the plan is hopefully, you know, when this episode uh, comes out on Monday, when you're listening to this, mm-hmm. um, we'll hopefully have another episode ready for you on Friday, which will be about Phoebe Hanschuk. Phoebe Henschuk. It's going to take me a long time to say that last Hanschuk. name. Henschuk. Henschuk. No, Henschuk. There's no Hans C-H. Juck. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a, with it's a J. It's going to take me forever. I'm just going to call her Phoebe, folks. I'm going to let <laughs> you know. I'll let her say the hard words. Um, There's not that many hard words, my love. Well, you say that now. Okay. Well, so it's, that They're is, from Australia, okay? They're, they're from Australia, yeah. So, um... And most Australians probably know this case very well. Right. Um, it's something that was It's a case that I hadn't heard of until, you know, she brought it up to me. So, but in reading it, it's definitely an interesting case. Oh, it's so Definitely going to be a two-parter. Two-parter. So excited to tell you about it. But yes. tune in on Monday. Yeah. Just, you know, be prepared for another interesting case. Right. Um, but once again, uh, thank you guys. And we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next time. Bye. So um, we wanted to add a little something that we noticed after the fact. We didn't really touch on this. Um, when it, it 
comes to Jen's involvement in everything and how Jay signed the plea deal that he signed in order to get out of jail time, one of the big things that everybody overlooks is the fact that Jen didn't get any sort of jail time as well and didn't get any have didn't have to sign any sort of plea deal even though jay right even though she admitted to getting rid of evidence right like jay implements her in it and she admits to it she got rid of evidence and somehow she doesn't end up getting any sort of repercussions involved in that um even though he essentially is saying he did the same thing she did outside of seeing the body right he's she did just as much damage in the whole thing and like destroyed evidence just as much as he did. And she okay. got off scot-free, which we, we didn't touch on, but we thought it would be good to add in. Yeah. After editing it, I realized that we didn't touch on it. So. Right. Yeah. So we just wanted to put that also, that information out there. Um, take, take that how you will and, you know, let that kind of sink in. And that just adds kind of to the fact that everything that went on in terms of Jay and Jen was really fishy from the beginning from the perspective of how the cops investigated it. Right. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to add that in there. And, yeah, do and, your own research. If yeah. you know anything, say something. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been, like we said, 21 years. But if you have any sort of idea about how this went down or any sort of you know connection to this, speak up. Because the, the only thing you're going to do at this point is is help uh bring justice for Hay and justice for Adnan. So, um, thank you guys once again. Bye again. Bye. talking to them as if they can see your call log, my love. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I always forget her name and I feel bad. It is, they, they do. Jay has been easily one of the worst, one of the worst 